how do we lead with more trust opposed to leading with no trust at all is something that I, I try to really focus on and takes a lot of hard work. Hello and welcome to Intrust. My name is Rick Kitagawa. And my name is Lisa Lambert. And thanks for joining us for our show about the greatest asset for leaders, organizations, and communities alike, trust. Today, we are excited to chat with Jordan Benjamin, founder of MyCore OS, one of the top 15 global sales reps for HubSpot, and an investor with the Denver Angels, supporting Colorado-based startups. Jordan is also the host of the Peak Performance Selling Podcast, where he interviews sales leaders about the strategies and tactics top performers use to not only sell effectively, but to manage their lives better too, building resilience, empathy, and success. But before we dive into the conversation with Jordan, a quick word from our sponsors. The future is now here both in the metaphysical sense, as well as the book sense. Our new book, The Future is Trust, Embracing the Era of Trust-Centered Leadership is now available in both ebook and paperback formats on Amazon and most places where books are sold online. So go get your copy. We are so excited to bring this reimagination of what a leadership book can be. And whether you prefer a clean text-centric ebook or the full color photo print edition, We've been intentional in cutting out the fluff to bring you a book full of actionable and practical insights that will help you build the trust needed to help your organization thrive and build a resilient culture. If you haven't got your copy yet, visit thefutureistrust.com to pick one up today. And if you have got your copy, we would love an honest review on Amazon. Trust is better together. So we hope you'll join us in our quest to make the world a more trustworthy and trusted place and get your copy of The Future is Trust. Jordan, welcome to the show. Hey guys, really, really pumped to be here. Jordan, for people who are just meeting you for the first time, could you share a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, I've had an interesting journey as many of us have, but my day job consists of doing sales for HubSpot, helping coach their agency partners on how they grow their businesses. I've spent a lot of time in the marketing and sales realm, and that's where I spend most of my hours in a day, but really where my passion lies and where I spend a lot of time outside of work is on my company called MyCore OS, where I have found that school has not given us the skills to really live our best life. I've seen so many friends struggle with anxiety, depression. I've struggled myself. I've seen folks commit suicide. And it really sent me on this path to go learn about how can we live our best life? What is it out there that I haven't learned? And so I became a yoga instructor. I've gone on a lot of meditation retreats and spent a lot of time learning about neuroscience and how the brain operates and how leaders can work in business and have found that all of my sales training to date had been about the tactic. How do I dial the phone? I know how to do that. I'm a human, but nobody talked to me about the motivation, the way to bounce back, the way to overcome struggles and the fact that in sales, you're probably going to get told no seven out of 10 times before you get the yes. And so with all the mental health struggles and challenges that I've seen, I've been on this path to go learn about how can we perform at our best as humans and how can we create our own operating system and update it intentionally so we can actually live our best lives. Because most of us have been told in school, 
here's the answer, but we haven't figured out how to get to the answer, how to find the answer for ourselves or create the path on the map of where we're going and where we're coming from. So I work with folks on my passion project about how do we actually create our own operating system to build our own best life, to find that in work and create alignment there and harmony. And how do we also do that outside of work so we can show up as our best selves and bring that into a sales culture that has historically been very bro, go, 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 and not very focused on empathy or trust or mental health and well-being, which I think is a really critical skill that most of us haven't been taught how to operate with. I love so much about that, Jordan. And I I want to call in, I love that you called in that traditional stereotype, right? Of like the used car salesman approach to sales that continues to linger and kind of perpetuate people thinking it's pushy or scammy or sleazy. And I know that those descriptions are basically the polar opposite of any interaction I have ever had with you. And also completely contrary to the way that you view sales and the way that you help others think about sales. And so I'd love for you to dive even a little bit more into maybe your philosophies around sales to really set the record straight. Yeah, it's a really interesting thing that's starting to change. I mean, I think the internet has just changed the way that the buying experience has operated. In the past, the seller was the only person that had all of the information, that had all of the knowledge. And that has totally changed with the internet. And so sales has to move much more from always be selling to always be helping that I think came from Daniel Pink uh, and a few other people that the more that I can be an expert in my space, the more that I can have an understanding of the entire market, the more that I can cultivate helpfulness to my prospects because there are myriad different options that they could choose. There's so much technology out there in the world today, so many things that they could buy from and people are still getting bombarded left and right. And so for me, how I build trust in sales and how I actually help my prospects is by understanding the space in a really good way, by learning as much as I can, and then actually focusing on helping or even telling folks that they're not a good fit for what I'm trying to sell. Because in today's day and age, if we don't have buyers that are really ecstatic with what we bring to the table, people are going to know. They're going to know that you're that slimy salesperson. And they're not going to help you grow your business. Because if people are out there evangelizing for you, sharing who you are, sharing their amazing experiences, that's what's going to drive the most growth for many organizations today. And I think it's taken a while for sales reps to adjust that mentality. And it's still really, really hard because you have a number over your head. And as humans, we are designed to focus on making sure we stay alive and provide for ourselves, which is in sales and most work, are you making enough money to provide food and shelter for your house and your, for yourself and your family? And so it, it's this really challenging struggle against our innate desire to solve for ourselves as humans, but to realize if we can actually move to solving for others, leading with this concept of how can I help, we're actually going to create the biggest impact and help the most people. And so that's where I try to really show up on behalf of my prospects because we're playing the long game opposed to just this call or just this month, because taking that more infinite game, that longer approach allows us to see that if we're not helpful, if we use those slimy tactics, all those things that have given sales such a bad 
wrap for so many years that most people don't even buy used cars on a lot anymore. They're buying it online. They're doing all these things. And yet everybody still thinks about that used car salesman as the reference <laughs> to sales that makes up all those no sellers today. But that's how bad it's been that we really have to work hard to lean into skills of empathy, to try to put ourselves in the prospect's shoes, to understand what it is they're trying to accomplish and realize that they're also a human that has struggles, that has challenges, that has goals as well. And if we're just there focused on ourselves only, you're not going to last very long. I really appreciate where you're coming at from this, Jordan. And the word that came to mind to me as you were saying that was the word generosity. And I don't think that's something that people traditionally associate with sales. And I think that's something that actually scares people away from trying to get into sales or doing sales. And I think you've, you've kind of flipped that and be like, you know, it's helping. This is serving your customers. This is serving the people that you want to be your customers. And I appreciate that reframe a lot because I think it humanizes salespeople and their customers both in that process. Sales is a really tough gig. As you said, you've got that number, you've got that quota over your head and to be able to approach this in a human way, in a sustainable way, and one that delivers even more value for your customers, I think is super, super important. And I want to kind of double click into something you touched on where you're talking about the change in sales. And I want to explore that a little bit more and get your take on it. Something we've heard from a number of sales professionals and something we've also seen with our work with clients as well is especially through the pandemic, the sales process has shifted both for the buyers with their journey, as well as for salespeople. And I'm curious if you could share some of your thoughts on the changes that we've seen and where you think this is going in the future as some places start to open up more and others are still pushing through the pandemic. Yeah, it's really interesting, especially since you know the, the software that I sell focuses on helping sales teams sell, helping businesses market themselves more effectively. And so that has been a spot for us where we've got to see the changes that companies are trying to make in their sales organization, in their marketing organizations through the pandemic, where there have been a lot of businesses that have been historically, well, the only way we can operate is selling with somebody in an office or going door to door. And all of a sudden that's been totally flipped on its head because that's been totally cleared out of any possible form of selling. You know, I've interviewed some folks that have said, oh, I always thought I was going to run a boiler room. Where you have to, if you're not on the elevator by you know, 8.05, you're getting nasty looks. But now, man, working from home, I feel more productive. I'm happier. I spend more time with my family. I'm not commuting for an hour, hour and a half each day, stuck in traffic. And so I think it started to come back to this point, like you mentioned, of, of humanizing sales even a little bit more, as we all had an incredibly common experience around having our lives flipped upside down of seeing the way that we were working had to adapt to this new reality that we were living in. And that a lot of companies that thought they were never going to be digitally based or work over email more or allow people to work from their home without being able to sit and stare over their shoulder, a lot of these sales leaders are really evolving how they are working and how they are relating to others, I think to their prospects as well as to their internal teams, because we've seen that, oh, wow, I haven't heard any story yet. I'm sure they're out there, but of the people that in sales, like, oh, now I'm working from home. And like, I stopped doing my job. I stopped working because all of these people realize now that we're mature humans and we want to work towards our own goals. And I don't need 
this authoritative figure sitting over me every day, cracking a whip to be effective, which I think is a bigger shift in business and work in general that we're starting to see of many more people moving to creative avenues, small businesses starting up, all sorts of people really wanting to take a little bit more of their own autonomy as a human, opposed to feeling like we're totally under control from somebody else. So I think we're seeing a lot of changes coming in there in not only how we think about selling as organizations and taking it to other people, but also how do we think about operating internally? There's so much goodness in that. And I, I love how you broke that down into both the external process of sales, but also the internal structure and, and how different organizations are thinking about what it means to be at work and, and really reimagine what work culture could be. And to dive a little bit more into that process, you had a really long track record of success in sales and something that you touched upon that I think we're both aligned in is the idea that everyone is in sales, whether or not you have sales as part of your title, right? Or whether or not they think they are or are not. And especially with people shifting towards ventures with more agency or autonomy, like you said, of small businesses or people freelancing on the side, a lot of these kind of new options popping up. I'd love to know how you think about trust really playing a part in the sales process from the view of a entrepreneur or also, you know, a more established B2B organization. So the reason why I love what you guys are working on here and talking about trust is because I think that is the true currency that we all have as individuals, as businesses, you know, do we do and deliver on the things that we say we're going to do? And do we do that with credibility, with honesty, with integrity. And so as I think about trust in the sales process, it's a really hard thing to build. I think it takes a long time and there are a handful of different ways that you can go about it. You know, yes, has somebody else done the thing that I've done? You know, do we have credibility? Are there good reviews? All these things come about like building trust. But I think when we look at it from the perspective of you know, I work with a lot of marketing agencies and most of their clients come to them saying, man, I've had bridges burned. I had a call today with a guy who's like, I've tried every single thing possible. I've paid so much money and I've gotten burned. And so you're already starting at a deficit when you're talking to a new person. And so I think it's really about leaning into this concept of how can I show that I actually care? How can I really work to build empathy. First with myself, to understand my own crap going on in my head, in my life, because there's tons of it. Even as I've worked on it for many years, there's still a lot of it. But how do I then be able to put myself in their shoes and really understand that one of my favorite words that, that we might've all learned together through the Alt-MBA is the concept of Sonder is that we are all humans and we are all going through our own unique challenges that are massive in our own mind. And so I think that helps me work to build trust with my prospects, with the folks that I engage with, the people that I coach and the clients that I work with, because we all have our own struggles and we are all humans that have flaws, that have challenges. And on the flip side, I think, as you think about an entrepreneur getting started or working on your own project or a leader, it's really about leading with trust. I think we've been conditioned to live in this state of fear as humans that's kept us alive. It's an awesome thing. 
But fight or flight is like really not serving us in today's day and age. And so moving to this concept of how do we lead with more trust opposed to leading with no trust at all is something that I I try to really focus on and takes a lot of hard work because I've got a bunch of baggage that makes me not trust people. And so do most of us, which helps me realize that with others and really show up as this authentic human versus, you know, oh, I'm just like a salesperson or sales leader over here. And I'm a totally different person when I come home. Your answer to that, and I've got a big smile on my face right now, because just knowing you, Jordan, I just, your integrity shines through in how you talk about this. And I just, your care and your thoughtfulness as well. And there's a, a few things I just want to unpack on what you're saying, because I was where I kind of want to put like all like little sticky flags through this conversation. I think one of that you talked about that importance of care and I saw Rick smiling at that point as well, but that's something with our model of the five facets of trust, our framework care is one of those five facets. And it's one of the most powerful facets to look at. And I really appreciate and particularly how you lens that as both care for yourself, that empathy for yourself and for other people. So that building trust with yourself and building trust with another and the interplay between those two, I think is really interesting. And I think it gets to a point that we often forget about, not just in sales, but I think in business writ large, is I think we tend to look at business as being transactional. And at the end of the day, it's relational and relationships all come down to trust. And when you're leading with that trust, you're putting those relationships heart and center, you're putting those humans heart and center, and you're putting that service heart and center in this. So I just, your wisdom in this to me, there's a lot to unpack in this. And I want to, I want to push you on one point and circling back on something you said earlier. So you're talking about sales, like you get, you hear no a lot, you see, you know, seven out of 10 times, roughly whatever it is, seven out of 10 times you're hearing no. And is someone in that role, you have got to build up a lot of grit and be really resilient to bounce back and show up again as your empathetic self in this space, especially, you know, in a system where you've got this quota over your head. And I'm curious in that context, what do you see as being the connection between that grit, that resiliency and trust? And maybe if I can not try to overcomplicate the question, but just something I'm really curious about, especially because you talk about mindset so much in your podcast, I'm curious where mindset comes in, in this relationship between resiliency, grit and trust. Oh, this is such a meaty question. Um, There's a a lot that we could pull out of this, but the first thought that comes to mind for me is this concept of just trusting in yourself to know that you're putting in the right inputs to get the output. Sales really, in many cases, comes down to a math equation and knowing that, yeah, you're going to get told no a bunch and that's okay. I've heard some really cool TED Talks and interviews with people who opposed to focusing on getting the yeses, search for the noes, because they know the more times that they get no, they're getting closer to that yes. I've got some emails that I I send to people when I thought we had a great thing going on and they go silent on me. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Giving me a no is better than just not saying anything because those no's allow me to move on to the next person that might say yes. And so I think there's this balance and I'm a huge fan of Daniel Pink's book to sell as human, where he talks about to Rick's point, we're all always selling something, whether it's you asking your kids to do a chore and they reject you or (laughs) whether it's, you know, actually asking somebody for dollars in a business, whatever it might be. But this concept of buoyancy that he talks about as well is how do you maintain this level of optimism that is not what our brain is conditioned to normally. And so for me, I do a couple of things to build this trust in myself and to remind me of it 
when I forget about it. One, I'm a huge fan of practicing gratitude. Our brain is conditioned to find all the negative things. That's what's kept us alive. I, I appreciate it. I love it. But it does not serve me very well in my role or many of us in today's day and age. So I love practicing gratitude, whether it's writing it down in a book or whether it's just thinking about it first thing in the morning. The other thing that I love that I've learned from some wonderful people is a shameless self-promotion folder. So I get notes every now and then I've got one in Slack right now that I really even get nervous to read of like, oh my gosh, you did this thing and it was amazing and it was so impactful. And it's so easy for us to focus on the negatives, to focus on the losses, to focus on the things that haven't happened. And so I get down, I get stressed out. I lose trust in myself that I know what I'm doing. I have that imposter syndrome creep up. And so every now and then I'll pull up my SSP folder uh, in Gmail or on Evernote. And it's like, oh man, look at that person was like, you just changed my life. You gave me this one thing that was so helpful that now I'm working on, you know, with my sales team and other things. And so I think those are some of those pieces that I actively work on my mind to feed the gratitude, to feed the positive things that help me trust myself, that help me believe, and that help me not show up really desperate on a phone call, even when I'm maybe struggling or having a bad month, because it is so, so important to, again, for me at least, and I think for successful sellers to be able to show up with that level of I'm here to help. And if you're coming into it where you're saying, oh my gosh, I'm behind on my quota. Like I, I'm not seeing myself moving to success this month. The lizard brain starts firing off. All of a sudden your prospects are going to smell that you're desperate. They're going to smell that you're trying to close that deal or your team will smell that you're just trying to force them to do something on their behalf, on your own behalf. And you lose trust with yourself, with the folks you're talking to, and you lose that ability to be resilient. So that's what I like to feed the good things into my mind uh, because things are going to suck sometimes uh, and that's okay. I love that. And I was like, I need that folder. Why don't I have that folder? Because I super relate to that. And I find myself, even when I'm doing well, still it's kind of like, oh, well, that's great. But in comparison to, and then you start making comparisons, which I think are totally the enemy of trust in, in oneself. And so I love that you're thinking about the antithesis of the garbage in, garbage out and making sure you're making awesome in and awesome out. Something else I want to just highlight is that piece around coming at sales from a lens of helping people, because I think that's a big hurdle for a lot of people is there, oh, I don't want to be pushy or I don't want to offend someone or be the used car salesman to go back to that, that stereotype. But I think reframing from an idea of, I honestly believe this can make your life better and I'm just trying to help you out. And that spirit of generosity, that spirit of benevolence, I think is a great reframe for a lot of, especially solopreneurs, I find have a huge problem around this. And I think it's reframing that conversation. So thank you so much for bringing that up, Jordan. I think it's, it's really impactful for a lot of people. And Lisa's brought this up, you've brought this up, but something that I think is super interesting is the idea that work is relational, not transactional. It's all about the people. It's all about building the connection and showing the care. And you mentioned this about really shifting sales from a short-term towards a long-term lens. And 
I would love to get your opinion on this and and maybe help sell this idea towards people who really get caught up by, like you said, like that quota or like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm down in my numbers. And especially, I think there's a lot of businesses struggling. The U.S. is opening up and we're kind of on hopefully an upswing in terms of businesses surviving and thriving. But a lot of people have been really struggling this past year. And I think it's really hard when you are in that place of a mentality of lack in order to consider the long term. Because like you're saying, it's like, oh, I need to pay bills. I need to buy food this month, not a year down the line. So do you have any practical advice that you could offer people, whether they're struggling or whether or not they're just, they're looking for the short term? How would you maybe reframe that need to really think long term and invest in those relationships? So there are a couple things that come to mind for me, and you actually hit on a couple of the key things that I think are really powerful as we look into it. One of the first things that I think came up that became really popular in sales over the last probably 10 to 12 years is this concept where there were some studies ran and this book came out called The Challenger Sale, which is a fantastic sales book. But it talks about how the relationship-based seller was the worst seller. The person that's the best seller is the one that challenged the way that people thought, that actually helped them think about things in a different way. And to me, that's what a good friend does. Like that's what somebody that I care about does for me is they challenge how I think. They call me out on the things that aren't working. And so that's one of the things that I think has made people be like, oh, I've got to be more aggressive now in sales, even than they used to have to be. And for me, it all starts with that concept of trust, with that concept of empathy and understanding what is it that I have that I can bring to the table and how do I actually build that relationship? I got off a call today where it's like, I should definitely not be on the call with this person. This is very unlikely to turn into you know revenue and all these things, but I can see that they're trying. And I know that I've got knowledge and insight that can help them move forward and maybe get to that next step. Or maybe it's a year down the road. Maybe it's six months. Who knows? And it probably won't even be me that realizes it. But knowing that all of these things will come back. The other thing that you mentioned that I think is really powerful is around reframing our mindset from this lack mindset. Again, this is what our brain has been conditioned for, for tens of thousands of years Back to the cavemen when it's like, oh, I need to focus on, am I staying alive today? And am I eating? And am I going to get killed by the saber-toothed tiger? And realizing that, yeah, there are a lot of people out there in the world that are struggling, but at the same time, there is so much abundance out there. There is so much money. There is so much food. There are all these things. And yes, there are so many people that are struggling. And there are so many people that don't have the access that many of us do, many people that are probably listening. And so for me, I love to focus on this concept of, wow, there is so much abundance out there. I see people buying the you know, $50 million houses or whatever, and opposed to going to the comparisons, like you said, it's like, if that's important to me, which it's not, but that's okay. But it's like, wow, there is so much out there. There is so much abundance in the world, opposed to saying, oh, I don't have that, which is what our mind is programmed for. So I work to challenge myself and it takes a lot of work to get out of that conditioned mindset that we've had of lack of scarcity and into this concept of abundance, of fruitfulness in the world, of generosity, because there have been so many people that have helped me along on my journey, on my path, 
that have been willing to just take 30 minutes, that have been willing to share their knowledge with me, that have no business talking to me, just like I've had no business talking to the prospect. But seeing that almost everybody that I've talked to has had somebody help them along the way, that somebody's given them a helping hand at one point in time or another, whether it's financially, whether it's you know a meal, whether it's their time, their connections. And so for me, I think this concept of building these relationships is what we really strive for and thrive on as humans. I think there's a lot of studies that talk about the people that live the longest, that have the most happiness in their life, have a close community. And so realizing that I don't want to get into a sales conversation and burn bridges or be unkind or inconsiderate to somebody else because they're all on their own journey and their own struggles. So for me, I love to reframe to there is so much out there. There is so much possibility. If I see another sales rep or sales leader or company that's doing great, tells me the possibilities there, opposed to telling me that, oh, it's not for me. I think somewhat tangentially, but one of the concepts or mindset hacks that I love from yoga that I learned is I went into my first yoga class and boy, oh boy, did I struggle. I was next to, you know, I was like 18, a freshman in college. And there were women there that were probably 60 that kicked my butt in terms of what they were able to do. They were doing handstands. They're like not even breaking a sweat. I'm wringing my shirt out on the mat. And I really struggled with that for a while, being the guy and like, oh man, an athlete and I'm young. Like, how can I not do this? And as I went to my yoga teacher training, they talked about your yoga practice is exactly that. It's a practice and it's your practice. It doesn't matter what the person next to you on the mat is doing. Maybe that's something like opposed to looking at them saying, man, I wish I could do that. I bummed I can't do that is, wow, that's awesome. Now I have something to strive for. Now I have something that I can work towards. Or I can just say, great job and applaud them and move on with my own practice. Say, here's where I'm at today. And that's great. Maybe I want to focus on getting 1% better for myself. So I think there's a lot of pieces that come into that relation, but so much of it is the chatter that's going on in our own heads versus what anybody else is telling us. And so for me, it's a lot about how do I control what's going on in my own mind and be aware of it so I can now build those longer term relationships and realize that I'm just showing up doing my best just as much as everybody else is. I really appreciate that, Jordan. I I read this the other day and you just brought it to mind again, is that the voice in our head never stops to take a breath. Love that. So that mindset that from your, your core OS, being able to be mindful of that voice in your head and that be the grounding for how we show up and how we choose to show up and looking at this with the humility of this is the practice that I'm coming to doing, I'm going to get a little bit better every day, but I'm going to, you know, compare myself to my practice and not to what's out there. And I also really appreciate where you came and said, and I'm going to cheer other people on who are doing awesome because that's great too. And looking at that and seeing not running away or being fearful of those areas where they are, but saying, Oh, there's opportunity where they are. There's possibility here as well. I want to push you on this just one more. Cause it's, I mean, you work a lot with sales leaders and I think this is a really interesting mechanic for someone especially someone like you coming in with such a big heart, so much care and working with sales leaders who are working with sales teams and the scaling effects that come with this. I'm curious if there's one thing you wish more traditional sales leaders, if you can give them one piece of advice to maybe shift 
their posture is something that's a little bit more human centered, a little more empathy centered, what would that be? Vulnerability. I think most sales leaders feel like they have to put on this armor around them. They cannot show that they've got their own quirks, they've got their own struggles and their own challenges. And somebody that I I interviewed, a really close friend, talked to me about how when she took over leading her sales team, she shared a story about her grandma and some of the struggles and challenges that came up there. And that opened the door for the rest of her team to really show up authentically with her, to talk about the real struggles or the real challenges that they face. Because I think so many sales leaders are conditioned to this go, 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 hustle culture, win at all costs. And it rips the humanity out of selling. And it makes it incredibly challenging for their teams to show up as full humans. So they have to separate themselves from who they are at work and who they are at home. And I think that's one of the biggest shifts that I'm seeing at work in businesses and organizations is really setting people up to show up fully as themselves. But it's really hard. The teams that I've seen struggle with it are the ones where the leader won't ever say, hey, guys, I'm struggling with this. Hey, I screwed this up. And if leaders can start taking more of that vulnerability in front of their teams, it opens the door for them to actually understand why somebody might be struggling, why somebody might not be making that call, why somebody might be having something else going on at home that they're terrified to bring up in the work setting that they're just trying to hustle or push through. So vulnerability, I think is the key to true growth and real authenticity in how we work and how we lead our teams. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. I think that is a fantastic way to begin to wrap this up, Jordan, but it has been such a pleasure. What's on the horizon for you and whether it's my core OS or your podcast, please, what's coming up on the horizon? Yeah. So I'm actually getting ready to launch my first cohort of sales leaders, sellers getting together working on their mindset, building their operating system. We're going to get a group of us together to start exploring. How is our mind working? How are we working? What can we be doing better to fulfill ourselves? Bring in a lot of the tools that I've learned over the last 15 years through my own struggles, through my own research and leveraging courses from MIT, AltMBA, all sorts of learning, different workshops to really pull together the best tools and pieces for others to connect with the like-minded community of sellers and sales professionals. So that's coming up through the MyCoreOS offering. Uh, we're, we're not sure on the start of the timing yet, but that's something that we're working on. The Peak Performance Selling Podcast is getting ready for some new exciting changes as I really work to make that even more powerful for sellers to talk about the mental side of sales versus just the traditional tactics, you know, on how do you show up? How do you stay buoyant? How do you bounce back? What are we getting wrong about work today that I think are these conversations that most of us aren't having? And then it's summertime. So hopefully getting out and traveling again, you know, as much as I want to work and push on these other areas, I also want to make sure that I fill up myself uh, and, you know, take that, put the oxygen mask on yourself first concept. So now that it's starting to get nice and things are opening up uh, more and more, 
I am so excited to travel and just explore a little bit as that is something that fills my heart and soul. So, you know, got to make sure you you have the balance or, or the integration between it all. And leading by example too, Jordan, that's awesome. And where can people go and find out more about you, about MyCoreOS, about Peak Performance Selling, the podcast and HubSpot? I think people can figure that one out, but we'll put this all in the show notes as well. But any other projects you want to flag too? Peak Performance Selling, the podcast is anywhere you want to find it. You can also find that on mycoreos.com slash podcast, as well as some other offerings there. Uh, and then hit me up on LinkedIn. I-, I love talking to folks. I love connecting with anybody sales or not. I just love connecting with different business leaders, getting ideas and thoughts. And I'm pretty much happy to book time with anybody uh, at any time that they want to connect and see you know, where there might be opportunity to uh, ultimately help each other out. Amazing. Such a generous offer. I will make sure, we will make sure to get all of those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining us today, Jordan. This has been amazing. Thank you guys. And that's a wrap for this episode of In Trust. Thanks for listening. Remember that trust is better together. So if you enjoyed this conversation, please share it with someone who you think might appreciate it and leave us a review. The In Trust podcast is produced by Spotlight Trust, where we help leaders and organizations put trust at the center of their work so they can achieve more than they ever thought possible while adapting to our fast-changing world. If you'd like to get in touch with us, simply email podcast at spotlighttrust.com. Dot com.